The following is a presentation of Renfrew Baptist Church, a community of faith that exists to create obedient followers of Jesus Christ who love God and love people. In fact, if you look back at the original sin, the first symptoms of that sin were shame, guilt, fear. Then there was accusations and excuses. And these are the very things wars are made of. In fact, Adam and Eve were just one generation away from the first homicide. Family violence had begun. Sin is what gives us problems with each other. We're at we fight with each other, and ultimately we're fighting with God. So from that original sin, sin was multiplied, and more and more hostility spread, and our anger towards God has just increased. If you just listen to what people are saying whenever they're upset or disappointed, you know, we don't blame the government when we get a flat tire. We usually use God's name in our disappointments. When we experience a tragedy, we ask, how could God let that happen? And even insurance companies designate disasters as acts of God. So everything that goes wrong seems to be God's fault. And that's why we punctuate our bitter curses and with God's name in every language, every nation, every neighborhood. There's a lot of pent-up hostility against God, and it's all because of sin. In fact, if God had an embassy in Ottawa, there'd probably be a lynch mob at the gates. When I think back on my own life, I spent eight years at war with God back in the 60s. Very, very bitter war. And so that's why the incarnation was such a risk. Imagine sending your only son into a world that hates you, that is at war with you, sending him right into enemy territory, to send him in human form as a newborn infant. How could he possibly survive? We know that right away there was danger. The nearest ruler, King Herod, interpreted Christ's coming as an act of aggression. He didn't even try to find out if this was a peace mission. He felt threatened. His kingdom had to be protected. And so it was obvious there would be blood. And indeed, there was a lot of collateral damage when Herod attempted to eliminate his rival. But Mary and Joseph took their baby and narrowly escaped. But the danger wasn't over. When Jesus began his public ministries, the Pharisees and the Sadducees began to stalk him. Now, Pharisees and Sadducees never really got along until they found a common enemy. And when Jesus appeared and the crowds began to listen to him, the Pharisees and Sadducees put aside all of their differences and joined their forces for one purpose, one passion, to eliminate him with extreme prejudice by any means necessary, which, of course, culminated in the Greatest atrocity in the history of the world. <laughs> so much for peace on earth. He was despised and rejected. Now why? Why did that happen? Well, if you look more closely, you can understand why there's been such hostility against God. Isaiah's prophecy gives us a clue. Isaiah said, 
a son is born, no, a child is born and a son is given. And he says, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Well, that's okay, no problem with that. Mighty God? Yeah, fine. Everlasting Father? Why not? Prince of Peace? Sure, we need that. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he will reign over David's throne, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Well, that raises a red flag. What's this about government? I mean, the government shall be on his shoulders. That was a deal breaker. As soon as you make something political, you get all kinds of emotions and there's polarization and hostility escalates. Sure, Jesus was offering peace, but at what price? His terms required a change of government. And that was a threat to anyone in a position of power. No wonder he was rejected because the last thing we will ever give up is control. We want to control our lives. We want to have the freedom to do whatever we want. Especially we want to have the freedom to sin. Which brings us to the best summary of human history in 25 words or less. If you want to summarize human history, John 3.19 is the best summary we can find. This is the verdict, John 3.19. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Light came, but we decided to stay with darkness. 1 John 5.19 says the whole world is under the control of the evil one. That is the power that we wanted to perpetuate and continue. We didn't want there to be a change of government. And so that's why Jesus was rejected. But that doesn't mean that we're not interested in peace. Sure, we rejected Jesus, but we still are very, very interested in peace. It remains one of our most cherished ideals, but we just want it on a different basis. And so over the centuries, we've had a number of very interesting peace plans proposed by men like Julius Caesar, his Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, one world government, one consensus, one currency. That was an opportunity for us to experience peace, to mend all of the broken relationships and hostilities, everybody under one government. Well, to do that, a lot of blood was shed. It didn't really work. So if at first you don't succeed, you try, try again. And over the years, politicians and religious leaders have used Christianity as an excuse to change the world. But that gave us the Crusades and the Inquisition, and more blood was shed. And for most of the 20th century, many intellectuals thought that Lenin's communism was the best blueprint for world peace. All you had to do was eliminate religion, eliminate economic injustice, and maybe some human rights as well. But whenever you try to make a better world, there's a lot of bloodshed. Well, that was a flop. But their theme song still remains with us. It was another Lenin who put communism's national anthem on the billboard charts. 
We've all heard it. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. That is pure communism. 100 proof. And it sounds so good. That has to be one of the most popular peace proposals ever. And all you have to do is imagine. Imagine there's no heaven, no religion. Once you get rid of those things, people will be able to experience harmony and community. And we can do this. Yes, we can. All we're saying is give peace a chance. We don't need religion. We don't need God. We can do this all by ourselves. The amazing thing is we still believe that because we're so hopelessly naive. Although peace is our most cherished ideal, it is also our greatest failure. Just watch the evening news. Most of what they show you is not peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And that's part of the problem right there. Because that was not the full context of the angel's message. We always leave out the most important part. What did the angel say? Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. We always leave out the first part. But that's the most important. It's God who has the key to peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you hope and a future. Peace begins with the kind of relationship we have with God. God still offers us peace. And though on a political level, God's peace proposal was decisively rejected, on a personal level, we can still experience it profoundly. That offer is still on the table. In fact, in Colossians chapter 1, 19 to 20, Paul says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Every peace proposal has always resulted in the shedding of blood. And usually it's the blood of the people who don't agree with us. This peace proposal also involved the shedding of blood. But it wasn't our blood. It was his blood. And through that, peace has been made. Christ paid the price. So peace with God is now available to everyone. But... It only becomes effective when we surrender unconditionally. We have to accept God's terms. We have to be willing to say, Lord, you're right and I'm wrong. And yet you offer me forgiveness through Jesus. So I repent and receive Christ as my Savior and Lord. I deny myself, pick up my cross and follow you. Peace only comes after we surrender unconditionally. When that happens, war is over. We can now enjoy peace with God.
No, that's not right. That isn't right. It's not our decision that ends the war. The war officially ended 2,000 years ago. We just didn't know about it. We continued to live in fear until finally we found out that God wasn't hunting us down to punish us. Until we found out Jesus came to seek and save the lost. We just didn't know until somebody told us the good news. This reminds me of one of the most bizarre events of the 20th century. It's unbelievable. World War II ended when the Japanese authorities surrendered to the Allied command in what year? 45. 1945. That's when World War II ended. So on that day, it was officially over. But peace didn't take effect until the enemy soldiers were informed and also surrendered. That's why there were Japanese troops still fighting World War II in 1946. And there was one officer, Lieutenant Onoda, who was stranded on one of the Philippine islands. And it was a very remote location. And every effort made to reach him with the news failed. So he kept shooting right after the end of World War II. He inflicted numerous casualties because he didn't know the war was over. Lieutenant Noda kept fighting World War II through 1946, 47, 48, 49, 1950. Planes flew over the island dropping leaflets with pictures of the Japanese surrender. But he didn't believe it. It was a trick. So he kept fighting. 1951, 52, 53, 54, 55. He was becoming a cult legend. 1956, 57, 58, 59, 1960. Meanwhile, Kennedy was elected president. Khrushchev was pounding his shoe on the table at the UN. And Lieutenant Anoda was still fighting World War II. 1961, 62, 63. The Beatles appeared on Ed Sullivan. Yuri Gagarin became the first man in space. The Vietnam War became a big issue. Neil Armstrong was setting, his, setting foot on the moon. There was Woodstock and Muhammad Ali. And while we were watching Sesame Street and laughing, a Japanese soldier was hiding in the jungles trying not to get captured by the GIs. 1971. 1972, Disney World opens in Florida. The Vietnam War ends. Roe versus Wade legalizes abortion. We have the Watergate scandal. Meanwhile, in the Philippines, Lieutenant Noda was trapped in time until he finally found out and was given the news. He was reached by his former commander in 1974. And on, in that year, Lieutenant Anoda surrendered. Only 29 years late. Can you imagine? Lieutenant Anoda, you've just found out the World War II has ended. What are you going to do now? Huh? I'm going to Disney World. Can you imagine wasting 
three decades of your life because you never heard the news, didn't get the memo, didn't know about peace? All those years of unnecessary fear and stress and anger. He killed over 30 people after the war ended. What a waste. But you know that's still happening? There are so many people in our city living in fear because they've never heard the good news. They think God wants to punish them and condemn them. They have a, this guilty conscience which is in perpetual conflict with God. They're on the run. They don't realize that the war ended 2,000 years ago. That's when God used up all his ammunition. He poured out all his wrath on the cross so that he could offer us peace through Jesus Christ. And all we have to do is surrender unconditionally and accept his terms. We can't negotiate the terms of our surrender. Okay, God, uh, I'll give up most of my sins, but I'm going to keep these three for now. I'm going to discontinue my prejudice against, except uh, I, I just don't like Norwegians, you know? I mean, that's absurd. When we surrender, it's unconditional. We give up all of our bad habits. We give up our lousy opinions and excuses and prejudices because the old life is gone. We are new creations and our fears and anxieties are gone. Our discouragements and defeats are over. Our failures don't count anymore. Surrendering unconditionally to God changes everything because the government is now on his shoulders. Peace with God has been available for 2,000 years. Let's not waste any more time being angry at God, being upset, or being worried about what, how he feels about us. When he looks at us, he sees us through Christ. God couldn't love you any more than he does right now. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, Jesus Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Are you living in the experience of that peace, enjoying it? No more hostility, no more war. No more fear. It's all been taken care of. And it is because you found out somebody let you know. Somebody told you the good news and you surrendered unconditionally. And now we have the opportunity to pass that good news on to others. Most, most of them still don't know. They're still living in darkness, hiding, avoiding God, still living in fear. If only somebody would tell them, the war is over. Through Jesus, we have peace with God. Father, we thank you so much that you found a way 
to end the hostilities between a sinful humanity and the holiness that is your character and your nature. That enmity between us and you has been set aside, has been destroyed, discontinued, made obsolete, irrelevant, because you have made it possible for us to have a relationship with you. And all we have to do is surrender unconditionally. Lord, we pray that this next year we would have the opportunity to talk to those who are still fighting, that we could somehow reach them with the good news and encourage them to surrender so they too can experience peace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a presentation of Renfrew Baptist Church, a community of faith that exists to create obedient followers of Jesus Christ who love God and love people.